The following program is scheduled for one fall with a 60-minute time limit. This is Take 4 Wrestling with your hosts, Brian Kilby and J.T. Hogg. This is Take 4 Wrestling. I am Brian Kilby, and with me, I am joined by the king of PWA himself, J.T. Hogg. King Hogg, how's it going? It's going royally. Royally. Awesome. (laughs) So we're uh, back after a a week's break, and we're actually going to take another break for a couple of weeks, two or three, uh, as we prepare for Jolanta. A lot of stuff. Uh, going on between now and then. Uh, but if you want to see us, we will be there uh, March 10th, 11th, and 12th in Atlanta, Georgia at the Marriott Century Center at uh, Jolanta, which is uh, an awesome convention that I go to every year. And this will be your first uh, time going, right, JT? Or have you been before? Uh, nope, I've never been there, and I'm looking forward to it. Isn't that where they do the uh, parachute drop? Yep. And I think uh, this is where Diecast gets uh, gets his, right? Oh, that's yep. I'm gonna definitely uh, wrap him up in a little pretzel and feed him to everybody there. That's awesome. So uh, th- this week we are uh, here again after a break, and we're going to be talking about uh, Wrestle War '92. But before we talk about Wrestle War, uh, let's talk about uh, the gimmick of the week. What is the gimmick of the week this week? Well, I've uh, started looking at gimmicks, and uh, I decided to maybe uh, it should be more encompassing. So uh, this week, I wanted to talk about foreign gimmicks, something that's kind of went to the wayside a little bit. Like, and uh, what do you mean foreign? What do you uh, like Russian or German, Japanese? What are you talking about? Oh, just kind of all of them, just uh, non-American gimmicks uh they really don't do too many of them now i think the only one really active is um rusev so are, so is there something specific to these when you say foreign i mean you have a lot of people that are not from the united states like bret hart or you know folks like that or uh mil mascaras uh anybody who is like you know any, like most luchadors of course, anybody from outside the u.s um but is this this is though specifically the gimmick yeah, like uh, Bret Hart wouldn't fall under that because, of, uh, I mean, they, they did a little bit when it was the Canadian against the U.S., but I'm talking about more like um, guys that that was like their whole thing, like uh, Boris Zukov or Nikolai Volkov, the Iron Sheik. So this um, is this is the xenophobic gimmick. Where yes, if, that, that might be a good one for it. Where, where you're where you're trying to pit the United States uh, against some person from outside the U.S. specifically. <laughs> Yeah, it's like um, there's the French ones. You had French wrestlers, German wrestlers. Um, Australians are usually our friends, so we don't worry about them. But um, even uh, like the British Bulldogs wouldn't really fit into this category because it's not, they weren't coming in and invading. Um, Somebody that would fit under this would be Ludwig Borga from Finland when he would uh, talk bad about America and say that they're pollution and. Ivan Koloff, right? Who just passed away. Uh, yeah, Ivan Koloff would definitely be in, uh, fit under that. And the Russian Koloff. bear. Um, Iron Sheik. All of, all those guys. Uh, I don't uh, even, uh, I don't know if the actual, like, the Sheik would fit under that, but I think, yeah, he would. Probably, um, yeah. The Sheik would fit under that, yeah. It's definitely a gimmick that um, doesn't get used as much anymore. I think now they do it with more safe countries. Like um, uh, Canadian or um, French, you know, like they don't do it as much with like um, Iran or Russia or Germany anymore. Like um, some of the, there's been some, uh, not as many Mexican uh, people like that. Like um, really nobody that comes to mind is like a Mexican invader. I don't think they've really done that much with it. Um, I think the closest would probably be when, if you remember when uh, Juventud and uh, Super Crazy and Psychosis came in, they were the Mexicools. The they Me- weren't really invading. I don't, I don't remember that. No, you don't remember the Mexicools? I do not. <laughs> that was uh, that was on SmackDown, um, probably two thousand four, two thousand five. They came out riding uh, Juan Deere tractors. Oh my god! <laughs> and they were wearing like coveralls. So. I- uh, 
But I, I think that might fall more under the racist gimmick, I think. the. So what's the difference? <laughs> what's the difference between, like, the racist stuff and the xenophobic stuff? Well, there's not a huge difference. But um, I think, I think like, the, it would be more of, like, them invading, like, uh, act and putting down America. So is it, is, is it normally tied to some sort of war or act of aggression? Yes, definitely. Um, like, uh, Iran, uh, everybody... You still see it a lot on the independent circuits. Like there's a lot of sheiks and a lot of um, Arabian wrestlers. I think that would be uh, that's something that they still use a lot. In fact, we uh, the PWA has uh, a sheik, and we uh, uh, he usually like he gets good heat, of course, but uh, and they don't do anything uh, untasteful. Um, well, as bad as untasteful as you can get with that kind of gimmick, but. Um, We've had got uh, like there was a guy that um, wanted to beat the sheik up, and he was like a retired military veteran. Oh no, he got uh, a little too overly mad. <laughs> and um, actually, I was at one time when I very first started an invading Canadian. Did I, were, uh, were you actually from Canada at the time? No, I've never been to Canada. But um, but you're Canadian. Well, I was, I was, but I got fixed. Okay. Um, I, uh, actually, uh, would come out and, and trash America and, um, it was a pretty good gimmick. I even threatened to light, uh, light the flag on fire. And, um, then the American wrestler came out and, and beat me up and kept me from doing it. Uh, those are some darker days, but, uh, a lot of, um, I think that's what we're more talking about. Like the more invading, um, like during the, uh, 60s there was a lot of german ones like um i th- i believe fritz von eric started out as one like a german wrestler uh yeah i think so and um i think as the uh the conflicts became more real i think we got away from that stuff um of course the conflicts were real back then but i think maybe more of a politically correct society too yeah we're definitely a more politically correct society than we were <laughs> so um for now yeah, maybe it'll swing back around the other way let's one hope, of these days. Let's hope not. <laughs> but I remember, um, like, a, uh, a big one was the Asian wrestlers Yeah, um, in the 80s, too. Like, uh, Mr. Fuji, uh, that was a big one. Like, every uh, Japanese wrestler had salt. And it and used salt. A lot of people from, like, Hawaii were Japanese. All of a <laughs> yeah, it didn't matter. <laughs> Just as long as you kind of looked somewhat Japanese or... <laughs> uh well the uh every arabian wrestler does the uh camel clutch yeah that's true much and um uh the germans usually do claws and stuff uh but uh that's that's a very interesting gimmick and it's kind of gone it's gone to the wayside i think um and maybe that's probably a good thing as it goes on but um i think now they're more they keep more to like people like uh canadians and like irish people uh people that we really don't uh the countries don't have beefs i think that keeps it a little safer now now to, to, i i'm assuming here though for this gimmick really to work don't don't you normally have to be like just an american pretending to be like somebody from germany or somebody from russia or can you really be somebody from russia uh most of the time it was just people uh pretending but um I think like uh Iron Sheik was legitimately Iranian. Yeah. And um uh Nikolai Volkov, he was from um he wasn't from Russia. I can't quite remember where he was from, but um at one time he was also Mongolian. So uh Great. that's definitely a gimmick that's gone away, the Mongolian. Yeah, I don't know that there's a bunch of those. I mean, they're all I mean, it, uh, they're all connected, I mean, geographically. So I don't know that there's a huge difference between Mongolian and, and Russian. But they definitely have um, uh, backed away from that over the years, being more uh, sensitive. Mm-hmm. Like, um, definitely, like, uh, I remember just not too long ago, the uh, homosexual gimmick was really popular among wrestlers. And uh, that would get a lot of heat. Yeah. But um, they've definitely gotten away from that. Uh, remember Lenny and Lodi yeah. and um, Chuck and Billy. And that was always a way to get... Uh, heat uh to get the crowd on your side would be maybe question your opponent's sexuality yeah i, I remember hogan remember we watched hogan do that <laughs> with the genius yeah, with, that was 
Yeah, that was unsavory. And uh, I I did it earlier on in my career, but I feel bad for doing it now. So I try not to do it too much. Yeah. But luckily, I'm in a rural area. Yeah. So uh, definitely probably wouldn't get away with some of the stuff I do in the city. The well, city certainly is forgiving. You probably wouldn't have a king hillbilly in the city either. That's true. <laughs> yeah, because uh, really, I'm kind of a, a uh, racist gimmick. I take offense at it. Yeah, I mean, hillbillies. <laughs> uh, I try not to play it as a stupid hillbilly, though. I think that's the difference a lot you're, of times. You're smart hillbilly. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm one of the smarter ones. I got a computer and everything. Heck yeah. You're on a podcast. <laughs> and it's not, it doesn't even have any beans in it. Nope. So uh, let's talk about WrestleWar 92. Uh, why did we pick this again? I don't even remember. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I thought of it, and it, I remember it being a good show. Uh, you know, it, there's there's some good matches on it, but I don't know. Just overall, uh, it just smelled like early WCW, which is exactly what it is. Yeah, it was definitely yeah early. Uh, this was during uh, a time in WCW where they didn't have Dusty Rhodes or Ric Flair. Um, I don't think Dusty. Well, yeah, Dusty Rhodes is back. He just my mistake. Yeah, that. yeah. And uh, uh, Ric Flair was coming back. This so the first match was uh, DDP and Tommy Rich uh, against Bob Cook and Firebreaker Chip. That wasn't on the. Uh, was that on the show? I thought we saw. Didn't we see DDP? No, 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 no. That was a dark match. Okay, I was going to say because I would have liked to have seen that match. I got to get me some Firebreaker Chip and Thomas Rich. Man, for some reason, I thought we. I, I, funny enough, as I'm going through my notes and I. I'm trying to compare the notes against the, so I do pre notes and I do uh, notes where I'm watching it. And normally what I do, especially if it's something I'm not familiar with, I go to, I go to Wikipedia and I copy the, the match listing and then I work off of that. And I don't have anything under my uh, notes, but funny enough, after watching it, I'm like, yeah, I saw that DDP match. <laughs> no, I didn't. You, you constructed it in your mind. I constructed it in my mind. So actually, the first opening match that you see are the uh, Freebirds versus Terry Taylor and Greg the Hammer Valentine. Yeah, I was. Uh, I did not expect to see Greg the Hammer Valentine. Uh, that surprised me. <laughs> was it? I didn't expect to see the Freebirds, but it, 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 it's it's only kind of the Freebirds. It's Michael P. S. Hayes and uh, Jimmy Garvin. Um, so it's the the lesser Freebirds. Uh, what, 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 what was it about Greg Valentine you didn't expect to see? Did you think he was in the WWF at this point? Uh, yeah, I always, um, associated him with being in the WWF at this time. Um, this must've been right after his, uh, face turn, which I thought was later, but, um, I just, and he was a champion. I didn't expect that either with Terry Taylor. That seems like a thrown-together tag team. It does seem like a thrown-together tag team, but of course it was early WCW, so it was all thrown together. <laughs> well, they were the United States Tag Team Champions, which they, was yes. a title I forgot about myself. Yeah, um, and because I was watching it, and it didn't register that they were the U.S. Champions. Then after the match, uh, or, or later on, uh, Michael P.S. Hayes is cutting a promo about how they're after they're heading for, you know, they want to, they go out and want to go after the world titles. And I'm like, you are the world title champion. <laughs> then I saw the belt and I'm like, Oh no, you're not. You're the U S champions. How many tag titles you need, buddy? Yeah. Well, they, uh, they, they consolidated down to one later. This was also, uh, this must've been right after the, uh, York foundation broke up too, because, um, Ter Terry Taylor was known as Terrence. And then of course, uh, in the, uh, dark match, uh, Tommy Rich was known as Thomas Rich. Yeah. So uh, I was I was kind of hoping to see the York Foundation, but was uh was was Ricky Morton part of that? Uh huh. Yeah. It was, okay, that's, uh, that's why he went that's by Richard Morton. Richard. So I knew when I knew when he was singles and they turned him heel. They called him Richard Morton, but I didn't remember that he was specifically part of the York Foundation. Yeah, it was like uh, Tommy, uh, Terrence, and uh, Richard. Okay, that's oh, crazy. There's another guy, but and of course uh, Alexander York went on to become. Uh, Melina, yeah. or not Melina, uh, Marana, Mer Marlena, Mar Marlena, <laughs> Marana. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, I thought this was a pretty decent tag match. Um, it just wasn't like if it was between guys that made more sense as a tag team, I think I would have enjoyed it more. 
Um, I mean, Jimmy and Michael weren't a bad tag team as the Freebirds at this time, but Terry and Greg is like, why? Why are they tagging? This was not as good as the DDP match that I didn't watch. Yeah, well, nobody could beat that. It's got Firebreaker Chip in it. I don't even remember Firebreaker Chip. I barely. Um, this was during. Uh, this was like the time when WCW was making like the Gloob figures and the comic books. Uh, so I'm I'm gonna skip ahead a little bit. So I was watching this, and there are folks I didn't remember. I'm like. Like the super invader, why is it? I I thought they were saying super Vader. I'm like the super invader. I'm like I looked at him like he looks like he's built like Hercules, but <laughs> but I'm like but it's not Hercules. It's the super invader. No, it was Hercules. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As soon as I uh, saw him wrestle, I was like, that's Hercules. Yeah, yeah. Like Todd Champion, I didn't remember him. Uh, Scotty Flamingo was awesome, of course. Scott Levy. Yeah. Uh, was this before he was in the WWF? Yeah, okay. he went on. Uh, he was just a manager he there, right? He never. Yeah. He, he only wrestled. He never. He never. He was never a wrestler when he was in. He was just Johnny Polo, and he was like a manager or a commentator or something. Yeah, I don't believe he ever wrestled in WWF. He was. He was built at two hundred twenty-four pounds in this, and um, honestly, I never thought he was that big. That was small at that time, relatively speaking. Um. So he was bigger than I thought he was. I thought that he he had to bulk up or something. I guess he did, though, after he was Johnny Polo and he became Raven. But he was bigger yeah, than Yeah, it's it's crazy how different Scotty Flamingo and Raven are. Uh just, insane. Just a little bit. So uh Freebirds win. They're the US tag team champions. Uh yay. Uh next match was God. I I will admit, I'm not gonna lie. I don't I do not understand how. When back in the day I was a Johnny B. Bad fan. <laughs> I do not understand what it is about Johnny B. Bad that had him as popular as he was. Vince McMahon thought that he could have been the WWF champion. Did you know that? Yeah, I rem- uh, I was watching uh, one of the podcasts where he talked about that he, uh, oh, what all did he say? He said that uh, he wanted Johnny B. Bad, and, and Jim Cornette said that he, um, here's Bruce Pritchard didn't I think. get John or yeah Bruce said he didn't yeah. get Johnny B. Bad he got um, Mark Marrow yeah. and that's but, all he was ever known but Johnny B. Bad he wore mascara he was as pretty as a picture but just like a little Richard uh, but he he fought one of our favorites Tracy Smothers that's right Tracy's awesome uh, it was, I mean it was an okay match the the big thing to me though they were always talking about how Johnny B. Bad and Mark Marrow was a Golden Gloves champion I guess he I guess that was legit I guess that's the first shoot he was Mm-hmm. Um, but he, his finish, he finished off Tracy's mother's with like a right hook. Yeah. That just seemed grossly illegal, especially at this time. Well, Jesse kept bringing it up. Um, Jesse's commentary is pretty funny, uh, because, um, Jim Ross said something about, uh, Johnny B. Bad always, uh, wanting the title because he was always a bridesmaid, not, not the bride. Oh, that's, and Jesse, off. that's awful. <laughs> And Jesse was like, I think Johnny B. Bad would want to be the bridesmaid. <laughs> like, That's just terrible. Uh, I'm not, he I'm, made some pretty funny jokes. With Gorilla Monsoon, Jesse Ventura, I, I like. I don't like him with anybody else. I, I didn't care for his play-by-play. I didn't first commentary. I uh, Honestly, I don't like Jim Ross that much. I know a lot of people are probably going to uh, yell at me for that, but I've never cared for Jim Ross. Uh, I think Jim Ross is great. I never thought he was that good. I thought he was too dry, and I think uh, definitely like well, the— Well, he was play-by-play. Yeah, but I don't know. Like, he was—just something about him I didn't like. I didn't like—of course, going back to it, I didn't like um, Austin when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And he was always all over Austin, so I prob- that's probably why I don't. And I just n- never got over it. Because eventually I got over it, and I like, I like Austin now because I appreciate what he did. But as a kid, I couldn't stand Steve Austin, so that's probably why I don't like Jim Ross. Boo. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, that certainly. Oops, knocked over something. Uh, trying to be bad. Left, right hook. Tracy Smothers. Anything? Any? Any thoughts about the match? Uh, I thought it was a pretty decent match. It, uh, it was uh, during Tracy's uh, when they were calling him the Young Pistols when he was teaming up with uh, Armstrong and. Um, they must have just broke up and Tracy turned heel or something. Um, Tracy's a great heel, and uh, he's, oh, yeah, he's yeah. a great talent. Uh, I I absolutely love Tracy Smothers. Uh, 
anytime I'm on a show with him, I'm excited. But um, it was a, it was a pretty decent match. It was it was fun to watch. Uh, both both those guys are very very athletic. Um, and Johnny B. Bad was super over, and um, he was as pretty as a picture. He was super over. It's crazy. And um, unfortunately, he never had that success in WWF. Nope, not even and, close. <laughs> yeah, nowhere near it. He was overshadowed by his wife. Yep, and uh, she. Uh, yeah, we don't like her. Probably. She ruined wrestling for a while. I'm not gonna talk too bad about her because she's married to Brock Lesnar. Yeah, I'm not gonna mess with Brock Lesnar. <laughs> uh, next match we had against Scotty Flamingo, aka Scott Levy, uh, versus Marcus Alexander Bagwell. God, it was hard saying his name. <laughs> and he was so, like he was so young here. Yeah, uh, super super young. Uh, this is uh, during his gigolo days, probably. Um, he was actually a gigolo later too. If he didn't was he that. was he a gigolo young when he was younger? I think he was. I, I think that's how I, he paid I, for a lot I, of stuff. I only know I only know of him of him as being a gigolo later in life. So <laughs> he's a, he's a pretty cool guy. I've met him a few times. Um, I remember him the first time I ever got exposed to him. He was the handsome stranger in uh, global wrestling. His voice his voice is so raspy. Is that from like smoking or what is that from? Uh, I'm not sure. It's always been like that. Um, he's just got a raspy voice. Maybe he had some sort of throat injury or something pretty early on. Possible. Uh, I, he was a football player too. Yeah, yeah, he was in high school. Did he? he did he go in college as well? I don't think so. I don't. Uh, never really heard much about that. Uh, he was in phenomenal shape. He. Oh yeah, he was. And they, they were, no one ever really thought of him as going heel, but I honestly think of him as a heel persona more than a baby face because he is just so damn white meat baby face and boring. He is the most <laughs> boring baby face ever. He's up there. Yeah, he uh, didn't really come into his own until he. I think he turned heel. Yeah, I agree. Because uh, he, I mean, they gave him like the just the most generic like tag teams as possible, like. With um, when he was with Two Cold Scorpio, and then he teamed with the Patriot. They were called like the Patriots, and uh, wore Amer- uh, red, white, and blue tights. Uh, now the American Males—they were pretty cool. I guess so. <laughs> I love their music. That needs to that needs to come back. But um, the, but when he became Buff Bagwell in the uh, NWO, that's when he really came into his own. And I thought he was a pretty strong heel all the way to the end. Um, of WCW and I don't know. I didn't think that that match with Booker T on raw was really that bad with him and, uh, Booker and Bagwell. Yeah. The one that, uh, cost him his career basically. Yeah. I think he got a lot. I think he just got a lot of heat. Um, cause he even calls himself a heat magnet. Yeah. And, um, I think that they might've just kind of blew that out of proportion. It's possible. And uh, Jim Ross said that his mother called and called him off. And he and uh, Buff Bagwell denies that. So yeah, definitely. Um, so I'd like to I'd like to know the truth on that. That'd be interesting. Yeah. But he, uh, but that was I tend to Judy Bagwell in a pole. I had to go. Oh my god! And that really happened. That wasn't a joke. <laughs> yeah. a Judy Bagwell on the pole match. Uh, but I in that I, I tend to I tend to believe Jim Ross. That's, you know, just me. Uh, next match, uh, it was the uh, Ron Simmons. Uh, well, actually, any thoughts about the Scott Levy match before we move along? It was actually a pretty good match. Uh, it was okay. I, I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. Uh, seeing Scotty Flamingo, um, I mean, he was, a, he was a good talent. And um, I think he... I don't know. I think I might like him better as Scotty Flamingo than I do Raven. I think I do so, too. Raven, I, I'm not too crazy about Raven. And uh, I, I don't know. It's just crazy the transformation. Yeah. I mean, talk about reinventing yourself. That's insane. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Scotty Flamingo, Scott Levy, uh, Raven's supposed to be a really smart guy. I'm certain. I'm certain he is. Yeah. He, uh, he's like an, a member of Mensa. I looked him up in the member directory. He wasn't there. Just saying. Oh, did he lie? He may have been a member. He's not currently. He told me he was. I looked him up. He wasn't there. Oh, I'm on DDT him. <laughs> <laughs> he, he may have asked to have his name removed. I don't know. 
That's true. You might not want the the uh, exposure. Yeah. You're a member of Mints, aren't you? Yeah. I mean, it's not a public list, so. I'm a member of Mints Meat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Raven, uh, I, 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 I'm a fan. I, I love Johnny Polo, to be honest with you. I was a big fan. Yeah, he was really cool. I was a big uh, fan. I was a big fan of that. Well, I like the Quebecers. So me too. Well, hey, there we go. Yeah. Okay. Somebody else we like. It's Ron Simmons versus our favorite Mr. Hughes. That's right. Did an opening for us. I don't. I don't get. I need. I need to find that because I. I haven't put that in the show yet. Oh. Uh, I need to dig that out. I know you sent those a while back. I have them somewhere. Uh. I just did a spoiler for anybody. <laughs> listen <laughs> um I, I, I was disappointed in this match I, it was about exactly what i expected well i wanted um i was really disappointed when jyd didn't when he got attacked because i wanted to see junkyard dog wrestle yeah and i was sad when oh didn't, that's right that's that, that's right he was supposed to be in the match yeah it was uh, J- uh junkyard dog and ron simmons against mr hughes and cactus jack and uh i liked the promo that they or the uh the lead up they put on the they showed beforehand because uh, it wasn't Mr. Hughes either, which was weird. It was Cactus Jack and uh, who else was it beating him down? Oh, I should have wrote it down. Um, but Cactus Jack and uh, Abdul the Butcher was beating down Mr. Hugh- uh, Ron Simmons. And then uh, Junkyard Dog just came out of the crowd wearing like a white tuxedo. No. <laughs> it took forever to get down. Why didn't JYD participate? Was there was he injured or something? I don't know. Um I did. I looked it up and I couldn't really find anything on it. Uh, maybe it'll say something up here on the, because I was honestly, ex, uh, Oh, yep. He suffered an injury. Um, I was legitimately, uh, sad because I wanted to see a 1992 junkyard dog. Yeah. Cause, uh, I forgot that he was even, um, uh, to me, he was kind of gone by 89, Yeah. you know, cause, uh, I mean, I watched WCW at this time, but not a lot. The only the only thing I really knew about him was the uh, action figures and the comic books. Oh, the comic books! <laughs> and those are great. So, um, but yeah, this was this was an all right match. Um, Mr. Hughes is pretty athletic, though. Um, he's a he's a big man. Uh, he's not that big anymore, but um, it was it was all right. You know, it was it was just a match. It was Nothing just too fancy. That was basically how I described most of this. I would say it's a show. <laughs> Uh, so the next one, I, I love Har- Harley race and anytime Harley's on managing or whatever, I, I, it makes me very happy. Uh, the super invader who I kept hearing as super Vader. So I thought he was like Vader's tag team partner at this time that I wasn't <laughs> aware of the super invader, AKA Hercules, uh, defeated Todd champion. I did not remember Todd champion at all. I have no idea who Todd champion is. Yeah, his biggest uh, was he was in a tag team, the Patriots, with a firebreaker chip, and they were from WCW Special Forces. So he was in a tag team called the Patriots. Yep. And I'm pretty sure that's what they called Marcus Bagwell and the Patriot, too. Uh, Oh, yeah, Marcus Bagwell. So he he tagged with Del Wilkes. Yeah. That's right. Gosh, I forgot that. They were were a pretty good tag team, too. I always liked Del Wilkes. Uh, Me, too. I thought Del Wilkes was great. He got a bad, uh, he got a raw deal in WWF when he went up there. Uh, yeah. The, the, I still got dr- his, I had his figure. His, the drugs, the drugs. Um, so <laughs> the super invader, um, I mean, he, Hercules wasn't old at this point. Um, but I've never thought of Hercules as a great wrestler because he's not really. Uh, but I love the fact that we're, we were talking about, uh, foreign gimmicks before. Uh, he was supposed to be from Thailand. Yeah, which uh, I, I'm not sure where, the, like, why he was from Thailand on that. Uh, because um, Vader, because Vader was not from Japan, but wrestled in Japan, I guess. So yeah. if he is going to be, um, if he is going to be, um, you know, Vader's partner or or with Vader or under the tutelage of Harley Race, he's got to be from Thailand because Thailand is a dangerous place. Yeah. A lot of those, uh, a lot of those bamboo sticks. I think, isn't that in Thailand? Uh, there's bamboo they have the in China. Bamboo. Oh, okay. China, China has bamboo. Um, <laughs> I don't actually know much. I I just had my first uh, Thai food not too long ago, and I liked it. What did you have? Um, some sort of uh, it was like chicken something where I dumped 
dipped a biscuit or a, not a biscuit, but a, like a flat piece of bread in it. It was some sort of spicy. I have no uh, idea what that is. Spicy chicken. What do they call their stuff? There's like chicken pad thai, but that's not that. There's a makrob or however you say it. There's a lot of things. I just don't know what that is. Yeah, I can't remember. It was like a soupy stuff. I love Thai it had food. chunks of chicken in it. Interesting. I didn't think I'd like it, but it was uh, actually pretty good. Um, I, I love Thai. I love good Thai. I have it. So I moved from a very small town to a very me- very medium sized town. So I now have it. I have a Thai place that's within walking distance from my house. Um, I just I it's not very great though. So it kind of made me sad. I, I live really <laughs> close to a Thai place. It's just not an awesome Thai place. Yeah, I wouldn't know what a good one is, so you I'm can, sure that... Well, you, you can tell by how much you like the food. No, well, I liked it, so it must have been pretty good. Uh, um, any, any other thoughts about the... Uh, oh, yeah, the Super, match. Super Invader versus Todd <laughs> Champion match? <laughs> I was thinking about too much Thai food. Um, yeah, it was It was funny that as soon as I saw him and as soon as I saw him move, I knew it was Hercules. Yeah. Because uh, I've watched a lot of Hercules matches. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. Uh, he was... I liked him a lot. He's... I mean, he's just your typical, well, I, I hate saying typical, but he was like your proto, was that proto something? Proto, proto, prototypical. Prototypical. Well, I said typical again. Yeah. Uh, 80s wrestler. Yeah. You know, like the rest holds, uh, the, the, just the way he sold, the way he bumped, everything he did, that was like, just, that was 80s right there. And because um, he, he did a certain, like when he bumped, he moved a certain way. And when he would do his elbow drop, he always did his elbow drop a certain way. That's how I could tell mm-hmm. it was him. Yeah. And, um, I mean, this this wasn't a very good match. Nope. Uh, Todd Champion was very inexperienced. Um, you could say he was as green as goose poop. And this was a mid-card match on a paper, fairly major pay-per-view. Yeah. Sadness. Uh, next match, <laughs> one of our favorites, Big Josh, versus one of my all-time favorites and future WWE Hall of Famer. Ricky, right. Mor- Ricky Morton. Ricky Morton, known as Richard Morton. Yeah. Um, this was an interesting match. Uh, I don't like seeing R- Richard Morton as or Ricky Morton as a heel. Me neither. It, it hurts. Uh, it hurts me. Yeah. It's like, no, he can't be a heel. Um, I did like the commentary in this match, talking about the size difference. Yeah. And how Ricky was would get around it. I thought that was pretty clever commentary. And, um, I mean, uh, Big Josh is all right. Uh Went on to become Doink the Clown, of course. Um, it was just it just an odd time in Ricky Morton's career, which uh, I don't think it'll go down as any record-breaking time for him. But um, uh, Rick, Ricky Morton's uh, just one of the best sellers ever, and uh, one of the I like I said, they're one of the best tag teams of all time. Definitely, they're on my tag team Mount Rushmore. Oh yeah, and they then, they might as well be the tag team Mount Rushmore. Yeah, that'd be. I mean, if you only had to put one up, that would be the one to put yeah. up. Um, and of course they're going into the WWE hall of fame, which is awesome because, uh, they deserve it. They're, uh, I mean, they've, uh, they're still tagging together. Oh yeah. I, and go ahead. Oh, I was just on a show recently with Ricky Morton and he puts every second of his ability and every ounce of his energy still into it. And, uh, sometimes as like, uh, guys get older, they, they don't do that as much. Uh, they just come in for the money, you know, just do a few moves. But, uh, I mean, he bumps like crazy still. He still does drop kicks. I mean, he's, he has a passion for it. And, um, he's just, he's a good man. Just good to talk to. He'll help anybody out. If, uh, his school of Morton would have been around when I first started, I would have went to it. Yeah. No doubt. So question, why is big Josh called big Josh? He's not very big. (laughs) That's true. Yeah. Well, uh, maybe they just kept putting him in with smaller guys like Ricky Morton. They, yeah. People wouldn't notice. When you mentioned that he was uh, doing the clown, I knew that. I mean, you can tell by looking, but it didn't didn't click until you said that, that he's not very big. Yeah, I kind of wondered that, too. I wondered if it was like a joke. Like He's not, he's know, not, like, he's not small. Like calling Curly, uh, like Curly being bald headed, you know, but it's not, but it's but it's not like he's small compared to some people. He'd be pretty big. Yeah, that's true. I just don't get yeah, it. Yeah, he's kind of, they should have just called him Medium Josh. Medium Josh. <laughs> I've never, I've never gotten why he's called Big Josh. Just That is odd. Yeah, now that I think about it. Uh, I think uh, if he's a little taller, maybe call him that. 
So next match was for the WCW Light Heavyweight Championship. It was uh, Brian Pillman versus, what was it, Mr. Z? Captain Z? The Z-Man. The Z-Man. Yeah, well, I don't get the Z-Man. I, I don't remember him. But, of course, Brian Pillman is is awesome. Uh, well, I think they just called him Z-Man because his last name was Zinc. Um, I was gonna. I was wondering if uh, anybody out there listening is from Europe. Would he be the Z Man or anywhere outside of the U.S. Basically, yeah, because that's uh, that always gets me. Whenever I watch videos on YouTube, they're like Zed. I'm like, what are they talking about? <laughs> but um, metric system. What's that? I don't believe in no metric system. Um, this match was actually it was really good. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah. I uh, it had one of the best cross bodies I'd ever seen. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things that were just solid. Uh, when, yeah. There was a period when there was a spot where um, when Brian Pillman got uh, Tom in the um, in a crucifix, but he, it was just so crisp and awesome. It was just just it was great. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, the cross body I'm talking like Brian Pillman hit him and like Tom Zink did a f- he like landed on top of Pillman during it. Like it was just, it looked like he hit him with so much force. It was like a car wreck. And, uh, I really enjoyed this match. This was probably one of, one of my favorite matches on the card. Um, they were kind of going with a, uh, both guys were, t- uh, friends. They kind of got mad at each other because, uh, they were actually, uh, a tag team kind of like you could buy their figures together in a two pack, the Gloob figures. I keep the, I, I keep bringing up the Gloob figures in the show. Cause that's, that's during this time. And I keep thinking about them, but, um, yeah, so it was kind of like friends versus friends. And, uh, Jesse kept talking about who was gonna, who was gonna snap first and break the rules. And, uh, they kind of both kind of broke the rules a little bit in the match. Yeah. And, uh, so it was a good face versus face match. Uh, Tom Zink was a, a pretty decent wrestler. Um, I think he got, uh, I'm not sure why he never really caught on. Um, I know he quit WWF, um, cause he was the original, he was a part of the Can-Am connection with, uh, Rick Martel at WrestleMania three, if you remember that vaguely. And then I think he quit after that. And that's when they put, uh, Rick Martel and Tito together. And, um, yeah, he just never really took off and he was a good looking guy. I thought he kind of looked like Scott Bayo a little bit like a wrestling bay, Scott Bayo. So, um. Yeah, it was a good match. It was a nice long match, and uh, it was for the WCW light heavyweight title, not the cruiserweight stuff. So, uh, yeah, it was it was fun. And Brian Pillman's an amazing talent. He was absolutely. I uh, I I enjoy going back and watching Brian Pillman because <laughs> he was such a great talent. And uh, too bad, unfortunately, he was taken from us too soon. He was. Uh, next match: the Steiner Brothers uh, versus uh, WWE Hall of Famer Tatsumi Fujinami. And uh, Takayuki Aizuki Aizuka, um, I'm glad you uh, said those names. Yeah, uh, this was a good match. <laughs> yeah, uh, man, this was a hard hitting match. This was for the IWGP Tag Team Championship. So this was uh, back when uh, WCW had the agreement with uh, New Japan uh, when they would exchange talent. Which I mean, that was really. I mean, I I I wasn't, of course, watching New Japan at that point. And I don't really watch a lot of New Japan now, even though even though I know I should. Uh, but it was always a chance to get a lot of a talent that uh, we wouldn't normally see here in the U.S. So um, yeah, it's like when they brought in Muda. Yes, I and go ahead. Whenever it was just whenever they brought in Muda, it was an event. Unfortunately, we don't have anything like that anymore. Like when some guy will just come over for a couple months, and it's like, oh, he, Muda, when's Muda coming back? Oh, yeah. Muda's coming. Um, I had forgotten. How big uh, Scott Steiner was at the, even at this point. I mean, he, <laughs> yeah. he wasn't the he wasn't the freak that he was, you know, six or seven years later. But he was still thick. He was a thick dude. Yeah, they were. Uh, he was a beast. Um, and these guys were just hitting each other so hard. Um, uh, Jesse brought up. He kept bringing up the. Uh, how the uh, Steiner brothers are from J- Detroit, and of course the other guys are from Japan. So it was like car manufacturers against each no, other. No, that was terrible. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and uh, Scott, uh, they had uh, Rick Steiner on 
uh, their shoulders and the other guy went to jump off the ropes and Rick Steiner belly to belly suplex the guy off the other guy's shoulders. Um, and you could just tell that they, cause, um, uh, that one point, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I'm not very good with their names, but Takayuki, uh, I think he was the one that had his nose bloodied and, uh, he just looked completely out of it. Uh, cause Rick Steiner landed on his head during an elbow drop. Uh, I mean, these guys were definitely working the Japanese style match with, um, a lot of like uh, moves that would normally end most matches during this time. And uh, of course they were kicking up from it because uh, Japanese wrestling style is a little different. I don't know a whole lot about it, but I know that like they hit finishers that like, they're not really finishers. They're just like special moves and they hit and hit and hit until it wears them down. Um, I think that's why a lot of the uh, video games were like that for a while. Like the finisher just wouldn't necessarily beat the person. And, um, so, I mean, there were some crazy moves in this match. This was when Scott Steiner could do a uh, backflip while he was holding the guy in a body slam. Mm-hmm. Uh, backflip all the way around and land on top of him. And uh, until uh, Scott got to the point where he couldn't move anymore, he was phenomenal. But he just got too muscular. He turned into one big muscle. It yeah, it's, it's really sad because, I mean, I mean, Rick here, there are a couple of spots where, um, oh gosh, Basically, Rick came off the top rope and landed on his feet, and it was so crisp. Yeah. And it was, I, I, for, I forgot the exact spot that set it up, but I just noticed how crisp Rick Steiner, of all people, was. And he was a big dude. Yeah, and he was big and thick. I am, I am not the biggest Steiner Brothers fan, but these guys were on it at this point. They were, they were, they were really good. Yeah, this was probably I would I would definitely probably call this their peak. Yeah, I'd say so. Because they were just they're monsters and they were so athletic. And uh Scott Steiner, I mean, he had a heck of a future ahead of him. And in a way, I mean, he did do pretty good for himself, but not the way he could have. I mean, he could have been a uh, Ric Flair level wrestler, I think. Mm, I, I I wouldn't go that far. But well, just with his athleticism and like if he would have learned it you know, mm, not going to be that far, but oh. I, I was very, I was very, I was very impressed. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So, uh, any, any thoughts? I forgot. Did the tag, did the titles change hands here? Did the Steiner brothers get the IWGP belts? This was actually just for the number one contendership for the IWGP titles. Okay. Cause the, the Steiner brothers were WCW tag team champions. Oh yeah. And I remember Jim Ross saying, I, I might have been playing Fallout 4 while I was watching this match. I'll be honest with you. I remember G, uh, Jim Ross said that uh, the Steiner brothers, uh, of course, held the most prestigious World Tag Team Championship. I'm like, that's such crap. Yeah, because then why would they be going for the IWGP title? Yeah. <laughs> Definitely that was probably the more prestigious out of the two. Even WWF, if somebody is IWGP like heavyweight champion, they will still... They will not mention Ring of Honor. They will not mention a lot of other things. But like, if like as a commentator, uh, if somebody held the IWGP, uh, any of the IWGP title, uh, it will often get brought be brought up because it's, of course it's so prestigious. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's a title. Those are titles that actually keep their prestigiousness. Yeah, because um, they run in the uh, Tokyo Dome, don't they? Oh, some 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 shows, yeah. Yeah. Oh, we need. You know, we should watch that. Uh, was that battle in Korea or battle in what do you, what are you talking about show the Korea show? Which show is that? Uh, Ric Flair wrestled Antonio Inoki. Oh, okay. Okay. I'd be up for that. That'd be a good one to watch. Okay. Uh, Have you ever heard the story behind that? Uh, is this one where Rick had to forfeit Rick had to give up the title or no? like they had their, uh, hotels bugged because it was in South Korea and it was actually illegal for them to go over there and um, like they had their hotels bugged and uh, Scott Norton got in trouble because he was telling his wife on the phone. Oh, uh, I've heard how, that story. I've yeah. heard that. Yeah. <laughs> that'd be a good show for us to watch in the future though. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be fun. What uh, was that clash in Korea? I don't remember. Like I don't remember. Uh, okay. So the war games match uh, stinger squadron uh, versus the dangerous Alliance, um, the talent on these teams. Okay. So stinger squadron was sting, Barry Windham, the natural Dustin Rhodes, uh, Ricky steamboat and Nikita Koloff 
against uh, a guy named Steve Austin I've never heard of before. Yeah. Uh, Rick Rude, Arn Anderson, Bobby Eaton, and Larry Zbysko. So you take Larry Zbysko out of that, that is an amazing team just right there. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, a, I'm, not a, I'm not a Larry Zbysko fan, uh, but um, Steve Austin is probably my all-time favorite wrestler. Rick Rude is one of my all-time favorites. Arn is one of my all-time favorites. Bobby Eaton is an, is an all-time great and just a, a nice guy. And my friend Jimbo has his tights. <laughs> wow, <laughs> yeah, really? He, he has a set of his tights. Uh, <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah, versus uh, Sting uh, and Barry Windham, who is at one point one of the best wrestlers in the world. Dustin Rhodes, one of my all-time favorites. Ricky Steamboat, one of my all-time favorites. And uh, Nikita Koloff, one of, uh, one of the all-time most famous 80s wrestling Russians. Uh, that's about as far as I'll go. <laughs> and then you got Paul E and Medusa out outside. Oh my God. Medusa went all the way up to the top of the cage. Did you see that? Yeah. That was, that was crazy. Cool. I didn't think that cage was going to hold them. Uh, me neither. They're, they're pretty brave up there. More balls than I have. She has. <laughs> uh, we'll have to ask Greg Valentine about that. Yeah. So, so, um, man, <laughs> the match was okay. I, there's something about the War Games match that just doesn't click for me. It definitely wasn't as exciting as I remembered it, watching it like a long time ago. Um, it was good. Like uh, it was good to see Barry Windham and Steve Austin in there. Um, not later as uh, Stone Cold and the Stalker. Did they ever? Like, did Stone? Did Stone Cold and the Stalker ever cross paths? They didn't. Yeah, did they it. wrestled a few times. Did they? Yeah, they. Uh, was he Stone Cold or was he the Ringmaster? He was Stone Cold. It was right when he started his Stone Cold gimmick. And uh, actually, he did a, like a version of the Stunner. It was more like a chin buster at the time. But um, And I remember one time they were, uh, I think they were on opposite Survivor Series teams. And Steve Oss was doing commentary during the uh, Stalker match. And he's like, that ain't the Stalker. That's Barry Windham. Everybody knows that. So, uh, yeah, because uh, Barry wasn't very happy about being the Stalker. I thought he liked the idea. Uh, he did at first, but then like he, uh, when I was watching a shoot interview, uh, cause if you notice when he first started, he was wearing like the, uh, the pants and the boots and he would have his face all painted up well, later on. He just stopped painting his face. And, uh, then he was like wearing like a WWF shirt and he started like sneaking his cowboy boots in and, uh, Vince McMahon got mad at him cause he just kind of stopped doing the gimmick. But, uh, um, I, I was excited when the stalker debuted. Yeah, I remember. Uh, what, overall, what did you think of the match? Uh, uh, it was, it was fun. Um, I think it was a good snapshot in time. It was very bloody, very bloody match. Um, I think everybody had a little moment to shine in it. I, I, it hurts me to see Ricky steamboat in a match where he doesn't get the lion's share of screen time or at least share it with somebody else because Ricky Steamboat is so good. Bobby Eaton is so good. Arn Anderson is so good. Rick Rude is so good. I, I these kind of matches really help. I think, uh, I mean, it's just a big, it's just a big cluster. I mean, there's it, it nobody really gets to shine in these. I, there, I, I don't know what it is. It's just I, where in the Royal Rumble, usually they can, book somebody bring them in and then have them shine for a minute or two i just don't i didn't get that in this it just didn't seem like there was a, a chance for anybody to really showcase what they do and who they are well yeah i definitely think it gets uh it gets muddled pretty quick um but it's uh and it's a very uh hellacious match um it's it's dangerous uh those steel cages are actually um like they have little barbs on them yeah. just from imperfections and I, I've had my head raked across them a few times, and it hurts. I wouldn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of times, the that uh, that blood that's uh, from the cages, yeah. legitimately. And um, like, there was a spot where Sting had Arn Anderson's head in between the ring. That was awesome. The rings that was pretty good. Was it Sting or Barry Windham? You know what? It might have been Barry. I think Wyndham. I think it was Barry Windham. Yeah, yeah, where he was like pushing his head in between. But uh, it was like. I think with this match, like pretty much you only get a moment to shine like the first couple minutes you're in, maybe first minute. 
I think it also uh, when you first run in. I think it also comes down to like they just don't do as good a job with camera angles and stuff as the WWF does. Yeah, because I think they only had one cameraman in the ring in the cage, so I think that kind of made it a little muffled. Maybe two. Um, actually, mentioning cameras, it seemed to me like through at least half of this, the camera was either out of focus or it was like they were using an inferior camera. For a lot of the filming. Oh, maybe uh, they were worried somebody was going to break it. Well, it seems, yeah, maybe. It seems like they had two cameras. They had, like, a, their standard camera and then, like, a camera they had to go rent, like, at Walmart or something. <laughs> it, it just, it just one, one uh, ha- half the shot seemed out of place. I don't know what it was. Yeah, it's very, pot- like, uh, maybe they're having some sort of connection feed or something. Uh, the camera just wasn't as good. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> That's very possible, it's, too. It's, it's possible. Don't know. Um, but yeah, so basically the match ended when uh, what happened? Larry Zabisco got a chunk of the, he, he like, like a turnbuckle came loose or something. Yeah. They, uh, unscrewed the turnbuckle and left like the hook on there. And then he, they were having trouble with that too. He took a swing at sting missed and hit Bobby Eaton. Yeah. And it was, it was very weak. So like it, I don't know. It just like, I think that could have been achieved better. But it just seemed like it was a very weak hit, and it wouldn't have hurt him that bad, um, especially where he hit him. Um, but I don't know how they could have pulled that off, but uh, it told the story it needed to. And then Sting beat had uh, Bob Eaton surrender to an arm bar, which you don't see that very often. Nope, either. you do not. <laughs> actually, uh, actually, like uh, a lot of things in here, you don't really see that often. Didn't um, didn't Hercules uh, win with a powerbomb? Yeah, yeah, he did. I, we forgot to mention that, um, and it was a, it was a pretty good looking power bomb too. It was, but it was. Uh, gosh, how tall is he? I said Hercules. Uh, I meant, I meant uh, the <laughs> the invade the super the invader. Super invader. <laughs> I wonder if they just had a regular invader. Possibly at one point. But uh, yeah, uh, I don't know. He's like he was like six one, six two. So yeah, usually you have it like a really big guy do it, and you get a lot of uh, vertical movement. But uh, his was just powerful. Well, he was actually the first guy that I ever saw got power bombed, which is ironic. So um, I said vicious or said justice. Ah, okay. So uh, that was the first time I'd ever seen a power bomb. So it was kind of funny he was using that move. Yeah, it sounds about right. But um. Yeah, this was definitely an uh, an an old old school show. Of course, uh, I th- I think overall it was pretty good though. Like it was a good snapshot of WCW at the time. Um, I think it represented everything. Um, usually matches like the uh, War Games are usually clusters. Because uh, really, I haven't like enjoyed too many um, Elimination Chamber matches either. Because uh, you know it's always going to come down to the two guys. So. Um, I just I th- think sometimes that loses the excitement, but um, Hell in a Cell matches are usually pre- uh, depends on who they are pretty good. But like I'm usually not a fan of like the Elimination Chamber, but the Elimination Chamber match from this past uh, Elimination Chamber pay per view is pretty awesome. I did I watched the finish to that. I thought it was interesting. I didn't watch the whole show, of course, but uh, I probably should start watching modern wrestling again. It's it's I know I know we we're quick to talk about how much better wrestling was back in the day and certain aspects are uh like uh i uh, commentary is better uh promos are better storylines are typically more believable but like the in-ring stuff eh, modern wrestling's better i hate to say it but it's, <laughs> it's kind of true well they were definitely more conservative back then I think they're more worried too. Like a lot of people didn't want to lose, uh, especially on television. Oh, they yeah. would all, they'd want to save the losing for house shows or they didn't want to devalue their uh, character on television and stuff. Yeah. Uh, more people are looser with that now. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something I saw last week that really made me mad about modern wrestling, but I can't remember it right now. I'm a, I'm an old man. Yeah. That me yells too. At things. Me too. It's, I'm really bad about that in wrestling. Like other stuff. I'm fine. Like, like, oh, it's new stuff. It's not bad. But wrestling, I'm like, I don't like it. No, not like it. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Any other thoughts about the show? Um, it was decent. I had fun watching it. It wasn't hard to watch. Um, it was basically, it was WCW 92. 
that's what it was. Yeah. Uh, wasn't as exciting as I remember, but, um, definitely it was cool seeing some of these old guys. I was disappointed that I didn't see junkyard dog yeah. I got teased with it, but, um, I'm sure I can go look up some videos on them. Hey, uh, so since the last episode, you've posted at least one, uh, independent wrestler spotlight. Who was the focus of the spotlight this week? It was, uh, Tony James, the outlaw. Um, he's a, uh, a PWA wrestler. Uh, I've, I've tangled with him a few times and he actually has a, a couple of victories over me. What? And he, he, he got him in ill gotten means, but he still has the victory. Uh, he's kind of, um, he's an interesting character because, uh, he's in his forties and he just started. Really? He's only been wrestling for about a year and a half. And, wait, uh, wait, it's wait, something... wait, 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 he just started wrestling yep. and he's beaten you. He must be like the most talented wrestler ever. <laughs> he is. I have to say he is pretty talented. Um, he, uh, he's, he's, uh, he wanted to be, he always wanted to be a wrestler, but, um, he just never came around to it. And, um, he got hooked up with the, uh, PWA, um, in like around 2015 and started trading. And, uh, he's done like, uh, he's tried boxing and he's done, uh, weightlifting and stuff like that. And, um, he's, uh, in, well, I guess I could probably say he's, uh, he's in public education. Oh, cool. Um, he's, uh, he's just, he's probably one of the, the guy, he's a guy that I've never seen somebody take to wrestling as quick as he has. And, um, he's just, he's very talented. And as much as, uh, even though he's a big cheater, he still can just really, he knows how to get a crowd mad at him. And, um, I think just from watching wrestling all those years and being a fan, he, uh, he s- s- studies everything. He's uh very focused. In fact, uh, his catchphrase is never lose focus. That's awesome. But yeah, he's, he's, he's a heck of a talent. And, uh, I, I suggest anybody, uh, watch the videos that I posted of him on our, uh, take four page, which actually I have the, one of the matches, uh, where I wrestled him is on there. Cool. And, hey. uh, then I got another match where I wrestled my, uh, little nephew, Juan, Juan crazy hillbilly. One crazy hillbilly. He was, uh, my, uh, sister's kid from, uh, she went down on spring break and came back with a little surprise. Awesome. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I hope, uh, everybody's, uh, reading the indie spotlight. I like to, uh, bring some, uh, exposure to these guys. Uh, they're, uh, cause independent wrestling is really good. Um, I mean, it's fun to go to a WWE show, but when you go to an indie show, it's more personal. You can, uh, meet the wrestlers. It's just, it's more, uh, more of an intimate relationship, if you will. Mm-hmm. And, uh, maybe if, uh, you find one, I'm good looking enough. It could actually get intimate. Okay. So you can find our Facebook page <laughs> at facebook.com slash take for wrestling. That's the word take the number four, the word wrestling take for wrestling. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at B Kilby and on Instagram at Brian Kilby JT. How do people get a hold of you? You can get a hold of me at tfradio.net slash H O G G. And you can also get a hold of me on, uh, was that the Twitter at, at JT underscore H O G G. Awesome. And you can message me. We are not, we are not going to, uh, recommend a show for the next viewing. Uh, when we come back here in a few weeks, we will just start up with, uh, it'll be a surprise. We don't even know yet. Uh, but hey, uh, I do ask you to go back and if you haven't listened to an episode, check them out. We have a ton of episodes talking about WWF, WCW, NWA. Uh, I think we probably have a Power Pro, um, episode. Uh, I think we have some stuff from AWA. ECW. There's a lot of stuff we we have to talk about. Go back and listen to that. Check out some of those. And of course, uh, please leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, Just search iTunes for Take 4 Wrestling. Or use our Amazon links. Or do all all of that. Go to tfradio.net slash Amazon. Do all your shopping there. Helps us out. Helps pay for the show. And it keeps the lights on. Well, JT, it's been fun. I'll see you here in a couple weeks. Okay, buddy? Well, I will see you down there. And hey, next time... uh we talk on here. Uh, I hope my hands will be healed. Yeah. 
Because I'm going to beat Diecast into the pavement. We should record something for Take Four Wrestling while we're at uh, Jolanta. We'll we'll figure out what, and then we'll share it out. Sounds at, like a plan. At the very least, we'll have pictures, and we'll post them to Facebook. So uh, I'll see you then. Thank you out there for listening. Thank you for being here. We'll catch you later on Take Four Wrestling. Boom!